The trio behind Fanball's original pants party in the mid-2000s have reunited for insightful fantasy football advice, entertaining analysis, and a few dated comedic cultural references. Let's Bra- put our pants on. Absolutely. Stay here for lineup help, free agent recommendations, DFS advice, and everything else you need to win your league and run with the big dogs. Resurrecting what was once greatness. This is the Fantasy Football Party Podcast, featuring Sport Radar's Bo Mitchell and John now, here's Anthony Maggio. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time it is for you, whatever time that might be. It should be week 12, otherwise you're listening to this too late, or you're visiting from the past, in which case, no, yeah. from the future? That'd yeah, from the sweet. past. Well, One either, way or another, you either way, it's pretty cool. Past. Well, if you do have that um, available to you, I'd recommend showing up on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. in Burnsville at JL Beers, where Bo Mitchell, John Tuvi, Anthony Maggio, yours truly, here enjoying the uh, the fine well, goods. If they're time-traveling from the future, I recommend they play DFS this week. Yeah, you should. <laughs> in fact, you should come host this show. <laughs> so go ahead and, uh, you know, just... just Tap in. We'll we'll just sit here and enjoy and enjoy what you got to say. Uh, now we got lots of uh, good stuff as we get ready for the fantasy playoffs. Here we are, gosh, just a couple of weeks away already. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a stressful time for all of us, really. So we'll we'll talk about some regrets. We'll talk about some news. We got a little whatever to talk about and fifty fifty. But first, uh, Tuvi has maybe a new favorite beverage here at uh, JL Beers and Burns. Every week, it's a new favorite beverage, but this one <laughs> not even on the menu. And and they know what I like. Ordering I'm almost menu. a norm when I walk in. They immediately reach into the barrel aged stash and and pull out the highest alcohol by volume <laughs> tap uh, on the menu. And today, it's a screenshot by Prairie Artisan Ales. Uh, it's an imperial stout, a hazelnut mocha. Lots of words that you know when I was drinking beers in college, when I was drinking old old swill light for two ninety nine for a case of twenty four returnable bottles. I <laughs> couldn't have imagined drinking something this dark and this delectable. But it's uh, it's ab- absolutely fantastic. If we only had a website that could measure how good it it was. Yeah, Beer yeah. Advocate gives it yeah. a ninety three, which is outstanding. That's good. Eleven percent alcohol by volume. By good the way, for them. I you know what I've got this. Uh, Oso Brewing Strawberry Kiwi Groove. It's a sour out of Wisconsin here. It's only 4%, so it has like a third of the alcohol of yours, Tubi. But uh, it is delicious. Why even bother? Yeah, really? I mean, that's just like drinking water. I, I guess. It's very delicious water, though. I like it. <laughs> Tubi, what, or Tubi. Bo, what do, you, what do you got over there? Uh, I've got this uh, beer called Greenbelt Premium. Which uh, Bo I looked was... that up on Beer Advocate, and it's... Uh, it's really the beer against which all other beers are measured. It's like a straight 100. Bo I was very was. upset to see it only scored an OK well, 74. That is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, it's just like your opinion, man. They are liars. So, well, there, there is, uh, as always, just a, a giant trifle brochure plus extras of beer to choose from here. And uh, delicious food. Tuvi's got the Humpty, bur- or Humpty sandwich, the Humpty dance. The, the breakfast Humpty. The, breakfast Humpty the morning the Humpty, way. they call it. That's, that's what I roll over and <laughs> order. Good stuff. So come out and join us. There's only a few weeks left. We're in week 12, so we got 13, 14, 15. we got four more shows left after this. Quattro. Right. Quattro shows. I, I told Dave Bergeron might show up. Oh, I get to eat Tuvi's food tonight. No, Thank you. Appreciate you're not it. eating my food. All right, here, you can have it. Thanks. Well, this is also, it's important to note, this is the pre-turkey hole show. This is, we got to brine turkey. the turkey hole. Yeah, we're, we're starting to brine the turkey hole True. this the week. The juice is flowing. Next, week, next week is the, the annual turkey hole show. 
yes, you are right about that. Let me that. show you what the turkey hole is. Just wait a week, will you? Jeez. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got uh, we got lots to get to. Let's start with uh, regrets. The Party Podcast now continues with... I immediately regret this decision. Let's find out what moves Maggio, Mitchell, and Tubi feel remorse over... I guess I can go first, since I've got it written down here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got... I, um, in addition to my usual head-to-heads uh, that I played, I had some other 50-50 lineups this week that I made. Um, and there was one in particular that bugged me because when I was deciding on quarterback, I basically had a choice just from where I was at from um, you know a dollar's left standpoint of Deshaun Watson at Baltimore or Dak at home against the Lions, which, I mean, if I was just thinking clearly, right there is your answer, right? I mean, that... But I had Zeke on that team already as well. And I was like, well, you know, if Zeke's going to have a big day, you know, maybe Dak's not going to have a big day, which is stupid because we've, it's been very clearly established yeah. that quarterbacks, even though they're, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers, the highest correlation, but there's still a positive correlation DFS wise between quarterbacks and running backs. And both of them yeah. had big days. And I would have won all of the monies had I just made that all of the one choice. Because Watson had a terrible day, and it's—I mean—I didn't expect him to do as bad statistically as he did. And honestly, if he would have done just a little more, I still would have ended up cashing on a decent lineup. But I mean, far and away, I would have been—I would have had a great team. And that was just hey, brain fart. I don't know. I—that I, was—it was just stupid, and I regret that because that's poor process. So bad, Mosh. That was poor process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not great, Bob. No, not great. I think my—my uh, my regret, and, and I. I guess I have to look back to maybe even draft day to figure out how I, how I could have avoided this. But you know, along the way, I I did not leave myself the lineup or roster flexibility when suddenly we learned at what time four thirty that Bob Woods would not be Ooh, yeah. available. Oh yeah, and and I went to the multiple lineups that uh, I had Bob Woods in. He had no pivot. Oh, you had one against me. I was praying you didn't see that news so that you take the zero on Woods. And I, I think I actually might have had a – I think so, Nicole Hardman. So I, I, I think I was in, in, the, in the office league in the you office had Robert Woods. I, I had no one I You had no one to go to. And it ended up – I mean, he would and have – And that – go ahead. Well, that he, brings <laughs> me to another point. That, he would have uh, had to have had a pretty good game. I think you beat me by 20-ish points yeah. in, in that ballpark. But – you know that's something to keep in mind as you're as you're constructing your roster, especially coming down to the playoffs. Here is if something happens, what you know, where can you go with it? You know, look yeah. at look at each spot in your line in your on your roster and say if all of a sudden we learn Sunday morning that this running back can't go. You know, what's my depth? Do I have his handcuff? Do I have someone I can? You know, do I need to? Who, who do I put in the flex for mm-hmm. the late game? Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff and. Uh, it, it it bit me, uh, again, like I said, I don't think I would have had enough to beat Bo. I, I don't know if you, Hardman you, did enough. You beat me by you. one? Wow. One and a half, something yeah, like and that? Yeah, so that was the yeah. difference because Hardman yeah. didn't have a big game, but he had better than zero. So. I, yeah, I think he beat me by four. Yeah, but, and, yeah. and I think Hardman had, had five-ish in that league. So yeah. that's uh, that's my regret is, is not uh, paying that much uh, attention or enough attention to my roster construction to give me that flexibility. Now, that's a great point to, I mean, just pay attention to that that sort of thing, especially right now at crunch time, where just to have have a backup plan, especially for those Sunday night and Monday night games where you, you have fewer and fewer 
options, uh, you don't want to leave yourself without any kind of a pivot when that could cause that could cost you a game and that could cost you a playoff spot. So yeah, I mean that could have Tuvi making that switch could have cost me a playoff spot. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I I lost to him by I'm trying to find the numbers you beat me by exactly. Yeah, four point two points, and then I lost to Harley by one point one. I aim to spoil. That's what I do. <laughs> if you. I have Brady and Edelman in that league. Edelman dropped the easiest touchdown pass ever, so that was like yeah, but he 12, one for you. 12 points right there. That just been yeah, right through the fingertips. Right through the fingertips uh. from first to last in the division on one play. <laughs> uh, I'm not bitter. All right, Bo, <laughs> any regrets? Well, uh, you know, I don't have any regrets from last week. It's not because everything went great. <laughs> it's because... Well, first of all, I wasn't able to play any DFS last week just due to off-field uh, family emergency obligation type of situation. So nothing to regret there. And then with my season-long leagues, the lineups, uh, as I was telling you before the podcast, Maj, it was I didn't have any choices to make. It was yep. just the injuries and the bye weeks basically dictated all of my lineups. So it was just they were foisted upon me whether I liked it or not. So uh, no regrets uh, from last week. I'm already, though, uh, pre-regretting portions of my 50-50 team <laughs> for this week. So <laughs> I don't want to get into that too much. I don't want to mow that lawn or shovel that driveway just yet yes, here. Yes. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Well, you can avoid regrets on your uh, 50-50 or head-to-head or tournament lineups in DFS if you use Fantasy Labs. You can still get in on the action where you get $10 off a trial at Fantasy Labs. Dot com Use that code 10 off one zero off I tried to actually use them this evening to get into hockey, and by the time I got through, like, work work, I had 13 seconds left to get a lineup in the, in the wrist shot. Like, How many well, did you get in then? Uh, zero. Oh. Got in zero. But, you uh, you got to one-time that. You got to be ready for the one-time. <laughs> I, I should have, yes. Term. But, uh, hockey term. Nice. Yeah, Fantasy Labs uh, continues to be my go-to and all of our go-tos as we uh, are setting our lineups uh, every week in, in – Every DFS aspect from mass multi-entering to just your your single single entry tournaments, your head-to-heads, you know, cash game type lineups, uh, you know, sort at your heart's desire by all kinds of inputs that you know will help you build the right kind of lineup for the site you're playing on and just your your style of play and and the players you like. It's it's very user friendly. Um, you know, it's fun. It's it's very easy to just get lost in a lot of rabbit holes because they have so much stuff on there. And if you're just interested in data, football data in general, you know, it's like it's you know, you can black out and spend a couple hours in there and wonder what happened. But uh, no, it's good stuff. Check it out. Fantasylabs.com. Use that code ten off one zero o f f. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing. And listen. All right, we got. We'll we'll try to go through. We'll, we'll, you know, wait these news items uh, as the players uh, and their impact. Uh, um, you know, dictate. But there is a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we wanted to get to this week. So let's go to Bo at the Channel Score News Desk. Yeah, we do have a lot again this week. Uh, we'll start with Matthew Stafford with that back injury. Still doesn't look like he's going to be coming back anytime soon. He's missed a couple of games already, so we'll see some more of Jeff Driscoll. Uh, no talk bad. right now. Like uh, no talk yet of him going on injured reserve Stafford that is but right uh, we shall see so uh next up Tyler Lockett injured remember he injured his leg in the game right before the bye week so he had the bye week to rest yep. it so there's hope that he's going to be able to play this week against the Eagles 
Evan Ingram with that foot injury, he had the bye week. There was, I think, hope amongst some of us that all might be better with him afterwards, but uh, doesn't look like uh, that that he will be playing uh, this week. Um, Rhett Ellison, by the way, uh, also concussion for the Giants. Oh, so, uh, what did his dad have to say about I think that? Uh, Mark Bavaro will be starting it. <laughs> Tight end for the Giants this week. I'm not certain on that. Emory uh, Moorhead could be a backup player. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, going back uh, to that, uh, of course, we can't forget the, the Thursday night fiasco with Miles Garrett swinging the helmet. Uh, and he's going to be He's going to be done playing for a while. We'll get you guys' reaction to that. Wait a minute. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> oh, come on. I got this. All right. There you go. Uh, James Conner in that game uh, injured that shoulder. His status is unknown right now for the game against Cincy. Would be a great matchup for him. Also in that game, Juju Smith-Schuster had a concussion and the knee injury. Deontay Johnson, a concussion with the blood coming out of his ear. Not great. Yeah, that's that's a bad sign. Um, moving ahead to Sunday, Marlon Mack uh, broke his hand. Uh, and Jordan Wilkins is no longer on the injury report. He had been battling an ankle injury, so he could be filling in for him along with an assortment of Jonathan Williams and Naheem Hines and others. So uh, The Colts also, Eric Ebron, ankle injury, T.Y. Hilton has the calf injury. Both are questionable for the Thursday night game against the Texans. We were hoping Hilton would be back this week. It, sound, it yeah. could be still. Yeah. So that's if you're listening to this we'll know podcast, soon. obviously... <laughs> Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon. Pay attention to that. Uh, Auden Tate, uh, I remember last Sunday, was carted off the field with the neck injury. It's a cervical strain. Um, so he's, I think they're also looking at possible concussion for him. Yeah. Anyways, I don't expect him to play, and it doesn't look like A.J. Green is any closer to being ready either for the Bengals. Uh, Devontae Freeman looks iffy again this yeah. week with that foot injury. There would, had been some hope that he might be able to come back, but... I think it's probably going to be at least another week. Austin Hooper already ruled out for the Falcons for their game against Tampa Bay. Yep. Uh, David Njoku, uh, maybe something to keep an eye on here, designated to return week 15. So get your guys' uh, thoughts on whether you want to stash him or not. Uh, the 49ers are still dealing with a host of injuries. Matt Breed has got the ankle, Emmanuel Sanders' ribs. George Kittle, the knee and ankle, I don't think he plays this week. Debo Samuel uh, has got the shoulder injury. Keep an eye on all of those guys. Uh, Will Fuller, hamstring injury, questionable for uh, the Thursday night football game against Indy. And then uh, finally, as uh, John Tubi already alluded to, Robert Woods is uh, still actually away from the team with the family matter. And that's as of Wednesday when we record this podcast. And Brandon Cooks is still dealing with the concussion. He's so, supposed to come back, though. They yeah. are they are expecting That's, him to play for the first time. In that is that month. is good news. Yeah. So uh, let's start back at the the top right of the there, list right here. Right on the TV. Look at that. Brandon Cooks oh, yeah. starts it back this there, week. How there it that? is. <laughs> Great What are we timing. starting with? Sorry. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, Jeff Driscoll, line situation. Yet, honestly, Driscoll has acquitted himself relatively well. He has. Uh, I actually tried to pick him up in our Dynasty League today, and unfortunately, because I spent $70 on Brian Hill, as I noted a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I ended up getting outbid by uh, Christian by 6 bucks or so on that. So that was Thanks a lot, CP. Yeah, you jerk. Um, but, I, you know, everybody still is sort of down a, a, a touch as far as your, your skill weapons go. 
for Detroit because of the fact that it's Driscoll instead of Stafford, but not by a lot. I mean, Marvin Jones mm-hmm. is still putting up points. Kenny Galladay has saved his day on big catches, like singular catches in each game to not completely get uh, The low single digits, out. as we Very, like to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, Amendola has done all right, and it's – and he's running. Jeff Driscoll's running the ball. So mm-hmm. I, if you're in a, if you've got Patrick Mahomes out this week, Tyler Murray, Kirk you know, Cousins, Kirk, Kirk, Captain Kirk's out. Phil Rivers, although you could argue he's been out for a while now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that I think you could do worse than Jeff Driscoll yeah, this week. Probably. Do you have anything, Dan? Nope. Up here. They don't call me the best color man in the game for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Uh, Tyler Lockett uh, with that leg, in, leg injury in the, in the Seattle uh, offense situation. And thoughts on Josh Gordon maybe uh, going forward. It would be a nice opportunity for him to step up. You know, DK Metcalf has been pretty solid. Uh, Hollister has stepped up. And this is a team that the identity they prefer is to run the ball. So it's not a death blow, but... Fantasy-wise, it probably dings Russell Wilson a little bit to not have a guy that I believe over the past two years, if you combine the seasons, he still has a perfect passer rating to Tyler Lockett. I know he, mm. he, he had it last year, and I think whatever they've done this year has not uh, dented that. Yeah. So they seem to have good chemistry. It's something like that, yes. I mean, Lockett did have like, limited practice this week, so <laughs> yeah. or this Wednesday, excuse me. Um, so I, I mean, I'm anticipating he goes. I'd actually be a little surprised right. if he didn't play in this one. Right. Um, let's talk about the whole uh, Browns Steelers situation. What went down there, and then uh, the the Steelers injuries that we we're still are dealing with this week. Your your initial thoughts on on that whole fiasco? It certainly seemed like the Browns had a a plan to hit and hit hard the receivers, and you know, they yeah, it certainly more took, than just took, receivers took down a couple of. Uh, I mean, when the guy is walking off with blood dripping out of his ear, that's that's probably a sign that things have gone awry. Straight to protocol. Do I, not pass go. Here's my question. If that were Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers that got crowned with a helmet, mm-hmm. what do you think the jail term would be for, for Miles Garrett? Well, the suspension for the rest of the year wouldn't, would not have been enough. That's for sure. It, it, right. it would have been a... Uh, yeah, you're right. Do you honestly? I, it's sad to say, but yeah, it was Mason Rudolph. So right. it was like, okay. Which, of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, <laughs> there's a short list of quarterbacks you wouldn't mind. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> see him take one upside the head, and he's probably on it. Like, I'm just saying. Thank God that was it was kind of a glancing blow because yeah. that oh, could have been yeah it could have been, been tragic. As, as a guy who and this is a complete throwback to my hockey days, but I was at the game in the mid '70s where Dave Forbes of the Boston Bruins carved out Henry Boucher's eye yeah. with his stick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as an impressionable child, you see a, a puddle the size of the faceoff circle of blood on on the ice. This is a family podcast. Well. You know, oh, wait, no, it's not. It, no, it's not. Never mind. Go deep. ahead. Go so, on. I mean, that that could have been as if the guy walking off with blood dripping out of his ear wasn't enough. Yeah. Then you yeah. you got a quarterback. I mean, if it would have caught him, you, you remember the pictures of J.J. Watt with the, you know, the split down his nose and the blood running down his face. If Garrett would have caught yeah. Rudolph with that helmet yeah. at the right angle, it could have been. He could have killed just, him. Yeah. It, awful. 
Yeah, well, and you know, obviously that's a it's a blow to the the Cleveland defense uh, not having Miles Garrett there for sure. Uh, you know, as far as you know, what's actionable there? I mean, they they play the Dolphins this week, so that defense is still in play. But you know, as a team that had its designs on playoffs this year and probably in the locker room have said they're not out of this thing and trying to crawl their way back, that's it. That's a big dent uh, in in what it is they're trying to do there. So. Um, I think you can get away. I, I don't, I'm not going to mow the 50-50 lawn here on the, the Cleveland defense, but um, you know, after this week maybe you can't use them in spots you otherwise maybe would have. We'll, just, we'll see how that defense acquits itself. All right, let's talk about uh, this Thursday night's game. We could probably be brief on this since a lot of the listeners won't be getting this podcast till after the game. But, um, you know, for one, Marlon Mack's going to be out. It's, it's not going to be just one game with him. So let's talk about what's left there in the indie backfield. Well, I think we'll talk about at least part of it in 50-50, but maybe not the Probably a couple parts of it. Yeah. (laughs) Do we have more than one? Well, I've got one. I've got one. Doobie's got one. Yeah, so yeah. The only one we don't have is Jordan Wilkins. Well, we can do it now, and that'll just shorten the 50-50 segment. Because Jordan Wilkins, to be perfectly honest... He, he was, could end up being the he, right guy. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be Marlon Mack's backup, but he's been out for a while with that ankle injury. And now it was Jonathan Williams who came in last week and rushed for over 100 yards yeah. in his stead. And My, I but it, Hines. Was, it was Hines that stole the touchdown, and Hines is the pass catching catcher. Catching the passes. So, so, right. uh, I, don't think, I don't think Jonathan Williams, Wally Pips, Jordan Wilkins, because I don't, you know, Jonathan Williams, we've seen him. He was with Buffalo in the past. Not a bad runner. Um, you know when when Should we've you just seen use him, a proper okay. noun as a verb. That's impressive. That's that's some good grammar right there. I'm not even sure. Here you go. What happened? Yeah, you Wally pipped him. <laughs> you had three consecutive proper nouns, and one of them was a verb. That's, <laughs> I've got teachers that would just that, and he did that in spinning. the active voice, not yes. the passive voice. Oh my right? goodness, yeah. my head is spinning. Um, <laughs> but scientists. it's the offensive. It's the offensive line that is really what's made that that run game uh, and that offense go the way it's gone. Uh, which is why I don't think, despite Jonathan Williams looking great, that if if Jordan Wilkins is legit fine, I would be zero percent surprised to see him come in and get the get Marlon Max role, where so, Naeem Hines takes what he's been you know what he's been doing, perhaps a tiny bit more. On the same token, I would also not be surprised if they say, "Wow, Jonathan Williams, you looked good last week," and Jordan Wilkins has been hurt for a while, so right. let's run you out there. So all of that's to say, how, if you were the Marlon Mack owner, what do you do? I mean, I I don't have Mack in any of my leagues, and so I, I've seen all of these guys going for relatively high amounts of fab in, in um, you know in various places. I don't know what kind of advice to give there as to which one of those guys to start because it's it it doesn't feel you're either going to be 100% wrong or 100% right it feels like you know? I I would lead towards Wilkins I, I he he was max backup before the all before Wilkins got hurt and I've got I've had Wilkins uh, stashed on on my bench in, in a couple of the the leagues that I talk about here weekly where you get we've got like 20 or 22 roster spots mm-hmm. so um and I'm I'm waiting to put him in my lineup for Thursday night football if 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 he's going to be active. So uh, I think that would be my guess is that he would be their mm-hmm. their primary back. Um, not this is not to say it won't be a, a timeshare. You know they'll maybe give some to Williams, and I don't think Naheem Hines' uh, situation is going to change. He's still going to be the pass catching guy, and you know I, 
I don't know that he'll see yet another uh, goal line look uh, going forward if Wilkins is back. But he's, to be seen. he's the home run dart because he's got that incredible speed, and he also has a knack for maybe putting the ball on the carpet a little bit. Certainly more a than PPR guy in PPR leagues, True. he's the guy. Hey, I mean, for me, if you if I'm forced to say Wilkins or Williams, I'm choosing Wilkins. He he actually he's yes. only he only missed one week. He was, you know, he had three carries uh, against Miami back on November 10th, so it's not like he's got rust to shake off or anything like that. So, And I'm not promising anything there, like I said. No. I'd be totally, completely wrong. But I would just hope to I, I would hope to have another option. I, I, I would be willing to play a sort of lesser role type of player that I'm confident in his workload than I would in playing Wilkins because of the risk of it being a complete bust. Yeah. On the flip side, yeah. he could be the, the, the boomer bust if you're looking at the lineups and saying, that guy's got, you know, he's supposed to score 250 mm-hmm. points on me this week. Maybe that's the, you know, you swing for that. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons situation. Um, Vonta Freeman out uh, maybe again this week. Austin Hooper definitely out this week. And uh, as someone who picked up Brian Hill, Maj, uh, you might get another week out of your investment. If you your $70 fab investment. Did you in see the, the, holding, the holding call that cost Hill a touchdown, which that touchdown would have also given me no, two wins? No, bad uh, holding call in the NFL? Are you serious? <laughs> Just walks in, one-yard touchdown. Let me guess it was uh, a wide receiver away yeah. from the play behind <laughs> the play, and I didn't see uh, it. I'm not bitter. Um, yeah, well, this is not a good – this is this one's actually kind of weird because they play the Bucks, who have been very, very good against running backs, limiting fantasy points from running backs. So everybody so, passes against them, right? And so if Freeman goes, I don't really want to play him because he's coming off injury and it's a bad matchup. And if Freeman doesn't go, I don't really want to play Hill because he did basically nothing last week and mm-hmm. it's a bad matchup. Yeah, uh, I. You know, pass. I guess. <laughs> I mean, this which, is which is exactly what, what the Falcons do. <laughs> did, and and the big beneficiary of the Austin Hooper absence is Calvin Ridley. Obviously, yeah. We talked well, about that earlier. That, yeah. that Ridley's decline. People loved him at the beginning of the year. His his decline was to Hooper's benefit, and yeah. Hooper came on more. And now we're seeing with Hooper out, they're going right mm-hmm. back to Ridley, and he's putting up big numbers. Yeah, it should be a, a huge Matt Ryan, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley week this week, and yeah, I would not be I would not be interested in starting one of those backs. Uh, let's talk about you. We we brought up David Njoku, um, designated for return in Week Five, fifteen against the Cardinals. I think, huh? That's a team huh. that couldn't necessarily find a tight end with a map <laughs> and a flashlight, so. So, oh, are you it, saying there's with, a chance? With, all these, <laughs> with a thin field of tight ends out there, David Njoku is probably available in all of them. I wouldn't even, probably Most, 80% yeah. of leagues. Uh, How do you stash a tight end, though? Like, it's I've, tough. you got to stash the running back handcuffs, and then if he's still there in week 14. Then Catorce for our yeah, listeners. that's right. He's, he's to me, is a... <sighs> Yeah, I, I I can't stash him. I don't know. Can't do it. Even if I'm streaming tight ends, I yeah. don't think I can do it. Tuvi? Depends on – there are certain situations. The roster roster size yeah. obviously is everything here. Yeah. He's like the fancy rims on, on your uh, <laughs> Porsche 911 or whatever the cool 
kids are driving these days because my cars are all 20 years old. <laughs> I have no idea. My, my 20-year-old minivan, I'm not going to put uh, rims on that. But, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. It's, it's a tough stash. But, man, if you're in your championship semifinals and you've got a tight end with that talent mm-hmm. lining up the Arizona Cardinals who have given up far and away the most points to the position, mm-hmm. I'd maybe try and find a spot on my bench to, to sneak him in there. Yeah. Yeah, streaming tight ends against the Cardinals this season would have been a, uh, a great plan. Uh, I mean, maybe even superior than, than uh, spending a, a second-round pick on, on Kelsey. You, you, you've got great production out of who's ever playing against mm-hmm. the Cardinals. Um, 49ers situation with uh, just about everybody outside of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo injured. Uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Brita or Kittle. Yeah, I don't think Kittle plays. I think yeah. he's out again. Um, I think. I mean, you could try to get a little something out of Ross Dwelly again if um, if Kittle doesn't go. But I think you're just playing whack a mole there. Uh, no, for the he had the Cardinals part. last week, so right. that's you right. Know, that's why we're even talking about him right yep. now. And and honestly, that running game has uh, it's been lacking <laughs> there yep. in San Francisco since that. Huge Tevin Coleman game. I mean, Raheem Moser didn't do anything last week. Tevin Coleman was pretty quiet. And Wilson only got the one touch. He scored with it. Yeah, it was a beautiful play. But that's it. Yeah. And and you touched on this earlier. It should have been the offensive line guy pointing it out, but you pointed out the injuries on their offensive line, mm-hmm. and we've spent a ton of time breaking down, you know, Brita, who gets the carries, Moser, uh, mm-hmm. Coleman, is he legit after the four-touchdown game? Mm-hmm. But as banged up as that line has been, the answer has been – None of the above. Yeah. You're, and, I mean, I'll still – I mean, I'm going to be using Coleman in a couple spots this this uh, week, and I'm going to be ordering a beer right now. Where'd that list go? Right there. Yeah, the, i got to try the, what are uh, we ben going pa- the Ben Paddle Old Fashioned, 14 degrees for me, please. Thank you. Um, What's that rated on your fancy website? You know, that's a good question. I didn't even look. What's the next news? Th- do we well? Do we talk Emmanuel Sanders? Like, I, are you try- if he decides to go because it's a basically a pain thing with him, and it's his ribs. He had ribs for lunch. That's why he's doing yeah, this. Yeah, that's why he's doing that. Um, do you do you trust him um, in your lineup, knowing that you know on his first target he can take a hit? And I'm I'm not planning on him. It's a Sunday night game, and you don't really have too many places to pivot there on either the 49ers or the Packers side of things for wide receivers. So uh, I think I am just, if I have Sanders, I'm just, he's not in my plans this week. I I would have told you that I trust the guy who came back a lot faster than anybody expected from the injury he suffered last year. But the fact that it's a Sunday night game, as as a guy who just got burned by Bob Woods and and lack of flexibility, I want to make that decision as early as possible. Well, speaking of which, Bob Woods and Brandon Cooks are the last uh, item on our list here. Um, As we noted, Brandon Cooks, who think he'll be back from his concussion this week. Are we ready to throw him back in our lineups? And then Bob Woods, Robert Woods, for those uh, who uh, aren't down with Bob. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to throw Brandon Cooks back in. I... I will say that I was happy to see a couple of deep targets get connected on with with uh, Jared Goff against the Bears. I mean, happy in the sense that <laughs> he was looking like a functional quarterback, not the fact he did it <laughs> against the Bears. Um, yeah, you told everybody the, to drop him. Last the, week. Well, 
and I stand by he doesn't <laughs> need to be a rostered quarterback, but I do think that he has streaming potential, especially with the way they remade that offensive line. They didn't really – I mean, they hardly passed in that game. That should have been a deep touchdown to Reynolds. They got dinged on a procedure penalty or the yep. receiver wasn't covering up a lineman or something like that. But, um, I mean, with – I think you can use Cooks. Like, Cooks is a player that – is not necessarily as matchup dependent as most because he can do a lot of different things. He can be the deep ball receiver. He can be a possession guy if they need him to do that. So, I you know, I think that you can. He's he's been out long enough. It's not like he's they're bringing him back at risk because you know this being a concussion thing. So, um, yeah, use him if you have to. But I'm I'm a lot more hesitant than you know I normally would be on a guy of Brandon Cooks's talent. And that's the Monday night game this week. So, yeah, yet uh, another reason to be gun shy. Um, yeah. Lost in all this is Cooper Cup, just kind of he is lost disappearing here since his 220 yard game. He's uh, got a total of Thanks, three sir. receptions for 53 yards in the two games since then. So, is it a golf is it, thing? Is is it a like yeah. you said they ran the ball and, and as a Cooper Gurley Cup owner, as, as he used he to be an every oh, week owner. starter for me. I heard something <laughs> else there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Cup owner, uh, I I don't have him in my starting lineup this week. Really? Yeah, I, I I've got great That's options bold. in that league at wide receiver, but uh, it's. I'm, he's going to have to sit out a week and learn his lesson. Maybe you think about what he's done. <laughs> well, to, nobody puts Cooper Cup in the corner. Part of what you I know, do, <laughs> a big part of the issue has been, you know, Jared Goff is one of the league's worst quarterbacks under pressure, and the offensive line has been so bad. And we saw them retool that line against the Bears and have a lot of success. I don't know if you watched that or you know what your takeaways were from that Tuvi, but do you feel like you know if that did you see enough out of that line to think that they maybe solve something here and by virtue of doing that and potentially providing more time that this Rams offense can be a little more like it was last year? I don't I don't see it being nearly as explosive as last year, but I think they've they've done a nice job of covering up the injuries by using more Todd Gurley mm-hmm. and and running the ball more and you know maybe going away from from the you know greatest show on turf part two that we thought they were going to be mm-hmm. and and doing some other things that you know, as offensive linemen prefer to run block it's more aggressive it's less passive than, than pass blocking and you know especially against a guy like Khalil Mack who who can defend both but yeah is at his best when he's got you on skates and and trying to get around you mm-hmm. and so to, you know to just run run at him or influence him away or run away from him or, or do different things you can do a lot more in the running game to take him out of the game as opposed to the passing game. So maybe that's where Sean McVay is, is going to make his money. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon, and everybody was it was a race to, to jump off the back of the bandwagon with the, the way that offense has struggled. But uh, maybe they're, they're piecing it back together, like you said. Well, they Right now, and I know we're dwelling on this topic probably longer than we thought. And I have something more to say about Cooper Cup here, too. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, I, I wanted to note that Goff, his completion percentage, it had been climbing every year. He started 54%, 62.9 last year. Now he's back down to 60.3, so only better than, than his awful rookie season. Um but part of that's due to the pressure. He's thrown the ball quite a bit. Now, 
they don't get to play the Bears every week. They only threw the ball 18 times last week. But before that, 41, 31, 37, he had a 24. But 49, 68, he threw the ball 68 times in that Tampa Bay game. Um, you know, so I, they maybe there is going to be a little more of a transition here and he becomes more of a, you know, your sort of Derek Carr-esque 29 to 33 passes a game instead of 37 to 42-ish. But, you know, if he can get that percentage up a little bit, that's enough with those receivers, if healthy, mm-hmm. that I th- there there can be some production there. Now, again, Goff's still a streaming quarterback, not an every week one, but those skill players, I think, become more of sort of every day or every week commodities. All right. Sorry, Bo. Yeah, but, and, for, and for those of you who, like me, are considering benching Cooper Cup, and I am benching him this week, uh, aside from that 220-yard game against the Bengals, in London, where we all know Cooper Cup shines in London, foggy London town. That's his. Those are his. He's peeps part there. British. Yeah. Um, the other four games, uh, uh, amongst his last five, he's he's got 17 yards, 50 yards, zero yards, and 53 yards, and zero touchdowns in each of those games. Not not great. And the targets have all been in the single digits, uh, as opposed to when earlier in the season when Goff was throwing 68 passes, yeah. his targets were 10, 9, 12, 15, and 17. So something is amiss here yeah, with the, that Rams offense, uh, and Cooper Cup is is paying for it. Bo's calling for a cup check this week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Two Bo's, one cup. That'll make, that'll make the show notes. I'm quite confident. All, All right, right, we're done with news. That's it. Done with news. Do we not? Yeah, Will. I was going to say Will Fuller, but we don't need. To hey, talk Will about Fuller's him. hurt. Yeah. Yep. Still, no. If he plays, you start him, and if he doesn't, you don't. There you go. Actionable. Um, <laughs> whatever should we talk about? I I'll go first because why not? My question is about the Falcons' defense and what your thoughts are after seeing two weeks of this. Like, are you avoiding? The Falcons' defense, and I've, I'll I'll fill in with my notes I have on this, but I just want to get your guys' sort of first blush take at that question. Well, I've got them as my 50-50 defense this you week, do. and I've got a bunch of notes on them, and so I am not avoiding them at all. They just When they, I say avoid, I mean avoiding players against them. Oh, Because they were a target. Gotcha, like, gotcha. For instance, so my, yes. my, my cash game team on Fantasy Draft last week in the main slate, which, by the way, I should note, I got my lineups in early. They're already in in the lobby. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the I started Kyle Allen. Like I paid way down at quarterback because they were going against the Falcons. And that, that was in, um, in consideration for my regret this week because mm-hmm. I – in, I treated it as a one-game blip when there was more going on there, I think, personally. I'm just curious if, you know, now that you guys have seen it twice, is this or is this Atlanta defense for real all of a sudden? Uh, to answer your question, am I avoiding using players against them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to this week with Tampa Bay and in, in a couple weeks when they play uh, the Panthers again. Uh, they also have the Saints coming up here again. I don't think I'm going to avoid the Saints again. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and still start I, your I, Saints. I, th- I think Sean Payton and Drew Brees might figure them out. So you, uh, after said, that one 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 game where they kind of got flat caught flat footed against them. Um, so I think uh, I'll use my Saints against them. Okay. Hey, when, when we're talking Bucks, are you talking? You'd sit Godwin or Evans, or you would 
stay away from the, the Winstons and Freemans and right. yeah. I mean, if you have Evans and Godwin, if you have Evans and Godwin, you're starting. I mean, your year long leagues. I'm not going on my way in DFS to to use those guys though. Tubes, you got anything to add? I got no information no, on the Falcons' right. defense, and I know you guys got tons of notes, so why let <laughs> my, me waste time talking? My, um, I, I, I mean, I do think there's something here, uh, like I like I've talked about. So when I, the reason I was willing to brush it off after the the first week was because it was a division game, so a team they know, even though they were on the road, they they know the Saints very well, and they were coming out of a bye. So it's like you know yeah. what, stuff can happen, and and that's fine. But beneath the surface. They had, you know, they had actually started transitioning play calling on the defensive side away from Dan Quinn, and they fully did that um, coming out of the bye week. They also actually hmm. changed their wide receiver coach, Raheem Morris. They made him the defensive back coach <laughs> over the bye. <laughs> so combining that with the play calling duty changes, and, you know, they really shored some things up, um, you know, back there. And I don't know, it was – in those first eight games the Falcons played, like they weren't getting after the quarterback at all. They had less than a sack per game, and they were averaging 3.6 quarterback hits per game. So in the last two games now, they have 11 sacks and yep. 21 quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, it's it's insane. Four, four interceptions last four, week. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that two, you know, generally two weeks does not a trend make, but the fact that there were other – pieces that went into this puzzle prior to this happening i do feel like this is for real and so when you're looking like you know on fantasy draft for instance or whatever when you're looking at matchups for players and you see falcons they're probably going to show up green as in go it's a good matchup because they were so bad but that i don't think that's the case anymore i'm not actively avoiding players because they're playing against the falcons but i am definitely you know had i been thinking about this the way i am now a week ago, Kyle Allen would not have been my cash game quarterback, even right. at home. Right. So I think that's fair. Okay. Cool. Well, there you go. There's your notes on the Falcons. Who wants to talk about whatever next? Well, well my whatever is uh, it, it, we we talked about it off the top. We're in week 12 here. We've got uh, 13 and Catorce in front of us here. The playoffs are right around the corner, and there are teams uh, vying for those playoff spots. And there are teams that are not vying for those playoff spots right now. There are teams that are that are just woefully out of it. And you can find teams in every league that are just starting to mail it in right now. Mm-hmm. Don't be one of those teams. Don't be that owner. Uh, for the integrity of the league, for crying out loud, put yourself in the, in the shoes that you've probably been in before where you are one of those guys vying for that playoff spot. And you see a, a team that you're playing against or, or competing against for one of those last spots, and they're going up against a team that's just kind of mailing it in at this point and got some guys on bye weeks in their lineups and injured guys and just mm-hmm. not even trying to make pickups. Don't be that team. This is just my – I think I bring this up annually at about this time of year, but uh, it bears repeating. Um, play out the string play to win every week even if right now you've got two wins this season uh mm-hmm. try to be a spoiler do something it, you, you you would want uh teams to do that if you were in in their shoes of, of competing for the postseason right now you know before i get to my whatever has anybody got any stamps because i'm i got <laughs> got some mail to send <laughs> 
I, I've been looking for a way to work Elmer Tarbox into, into my whatever. He was the uh, top single-season pass thief in Texas Tech history back in 1938. What's his last name? Elmer Tarbox. That's who, just a fabulous football who, name. Who was that guy you brought up earlier, the Cloyce or something? Cloyce Box? Cloyce Box. Yeah. You, he keep, keeps showing up. A sense of theme here. Um, I, my actionable item is... Uh, that's it? You just wanted to say that's his it. name? I just wanted to say, I, I got nothing on Elmer Tarbox. That's a fabulous football name. Um, the Mark Walton situation, it kind of speaks mm. to, I go all the way back to, you know, I've, I've had some uh, some dark, dark personalities on, on my dynasty teams over the years, and uh, Justin Blackman was a guy that, that mm. just absolutely mm. burned me. I spent a high pick, never... Yep. Never could quite get his off the field act together. Was and it a dynasty league? So you held on to him for a few yep, years, just yep, a couple years, because you knew that with that first round pick and, and the talent that he had shown. Yeah. Um, but just w- with guys like that, I'm I'm far more quick to pull the trigger on. Not you know, like I, I wouldn't make a trade for Tyree Kill. I just think mm-hmm. he's he's one dumb decision away. J- Joe Mixon. I mean, those oh. those kind of guys. So with Mark Walton. Maybe he's sitting there. Maybe you think he hasn't really done a lot that you would warrant picking him up and stashing him. But I, I just, uh, you know, my, my thought on guys that come with baggage, having toted Justin Blackman around for a couple of years, having had Aaron Hernandez on a team, mm. I mean, talk mm. about the ultimate. I yeah, just, right. uh, I'm, I'm far, I, I, I'd rather not, I don't need, I don't need Boy Scouts. Uh, but once they've got yeah, you're, something you're, like it's that, it's a practical matter for yeah. your teams. Yeah, I'd, not a moral I'd, complication. Not, not <laughs> just a, I don't want to ever find myself in the position of yeah. cheering for this guy. It's just he's probably going to screw up again, and it might That's, be as soon as this week. So why? You know, bother? there's there's plenty of you know you say I don't know all the details about Joe Mixon's situation or mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill's situation, so I don't feel like I can make a qualified. Yeah. This guy's a garbage person. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. if he's done some of the things that they say he did, I don't want to be hanging out with him, and I mm-hmm. find it tough to cheer for him. But on the practical roster management standpoint, guys like that are one. Josh Gordon, the same thing. Yeah, Antonio Brown. You know, Antonio Brown's proven that he's he's maybe uh, you know not. But not, he apologized not this just week fries, on Instagram. But, uh, fries and, and probably at least one burger shot. His attorney happy, wrote so. a nice apology. Him and Bob Kraft went and got a massage together. I mean, if you're if you've got a sixty man roster and you can pick up uh, guys at at no cost, carry him around. But on a like that dynasty league where I carried Justin Blackman around for his twelve man roster, mm. carried him around for three years and got nothing. Yikes! Um, Ouch! Yeah, that's that's my actionable item. Right. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, well, before we get into 50-50 here, we want to talk about fantasy drafts. I, like I said, I've actually got my, uh, my 50-50 li- or my head-to-head lineups, excuse me, already set and ready to go for the uh, 12-game slates and then the afternoon uh, and Monday night four-game slates. So you can find me in those lobbies, 112-M-A-G-S-H, 112. That's my handle. You check it out. I just place, uh, you know, $1 head-to-heads in there every week because it's just fun to play. I like playing against listeners, and Tuvi snaps up a game every now and then of mine as well. Um, and usually, if, if you haven't played on Fantasy Draft yet, 
this is like the perfect like <laughs> lowest of low entry ways to get in on it because like i said i just i just post for fun dollar head to heads and when you use the code ff party at fantasydraft.com you get seven days of a free trial of their rake free dfs they're the only site doing this rake free dfs and basically what that means is like if you play against me in a one dollar head to head one of us will win two dollars you know they're not the house isn't taking anything like the other sites where you'd win a dollar eighty or whatever it ends up mm-hmm. being. So um, it's really you know it's a it's unique obviously and it's fun to it's fun to play that way because you know that a hundred percent of entry fees are paid out to winners every time at least sometimes more than a hundred percent because uh, you've got that uh, you, you've got overlay involved. You know I I don't want to yeah, I I might have strayed a little bit I don't I don't want to name names but i may have been playing at a site that rhymes with man pool and (laughs) no it doesn't it does it does put a little thought into it dr seuss (laughs) try your iambic pentameter replace the oo with the don't don't he didn't say spelt the same (laughs) right don't think about haiku I'll shut up now. <laughs> the point is, the first thing they did was they handed me a rake and said, pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. And I don't want none of that action. Yeah, so right. I'm, I'm back. I've strayed. I'm back at Fantasy Draft for good. Not going anywhere. Not going to try that raft sing place or anything <laughs> like that. Well, and the, this week, the $250,000 Hooters main event is going on Sunday only. Oh, it is a max. It's capped at 10,000 entries. And first prize, thirty-five thousand dollars you can do a little damage with 35 grand just in time for christmas that's right oh yeah that's good that's good stuff so make sure you're checking them out at fantasydraft.com and use that promo code ff party these guys are owned in 50 percent or less of fantasy leagues next john anthony and bo will discuss whether they're high value acquisitions or not worth the risk 60 percent of the time it works Every time. It's time for 50-50 on the Fantasy Football Party Podcast. We have 50-50 to talk about. We had another pretty solid week despite uh, injuries and bye weeks. I mean, we gave you Randall Cobb. We gave you Devontae Parker's career high in yards. Debo Samuel's big day. Derek Carr had a day. Kyle Rudolph, Jets defense. Young Hoku even. Speaking of haikus. Didn't we have Jimmy G again last there week? There is always scoring when you've got young too, yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's, there's the Kyle Allen. I'm just glossing right over that. <laughs> Kyle Allen, Darren Fells. Uh, That'll happen. Carl, yeah, Carlson didn't do so hot uh, with the leg. But, yeah, there, there's always a couple of duds in there, but we've been uh, we've been hitting at a pretty high uh, batting average here for 50-50. If, if so I'm we excited were to keep eligible for the Hall of Fame, we, we'd be in based on this average. 60% we're of the, of the time. Crew. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, that's true. You, uh, you were right about that. It was my understanding that there would be no math. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I had first pick this week. I did not take a quarterback first, but since we start with quarterback, that is what I shall do. I, get, I went Baker Mayfield going against Miami, 11800 Fantasy Labs has uh, that price. A uh, little, little spendy for Baker over at Fantasy Draft. They've got him at QB15 in their cash game models. But for you know season-long leagues... Baker's got multiple touchdown passes in back-to-back games. Don't look now. Finally did it after not having a multi-touchdown pass game all year before then. He does still only have two 300-yard games and hasn't topped 273 in his last six. But 
Miami does give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, Brian Hoyer, the only two starters to not throw for multiple scores against them all season. So I think uh, I think you can start Baker against the fish tank. You know those Baker Mayfield commercials where he's at home yes, at the stadium that are on all the time? They are on all the it, time. There is one that does make me giggle, though, every time I see it. It's is the it one, the one with the smoke detector? The smoke detector, <laughs> exactly. Like, As who, a homeowner? Who yes. hasn't been there? That's, Why is it always in the middle of the night with those uh, damn things? Uh, or when you're in a hurry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you know how in the the immediate regret segment I said I was maybe going to pre-regret yeah. a portion of my 50-50 drafting? You're really this selling your we squad, play, Bo. We play the tape from just two weeks ago. Where Bo scorched earth the uh, gang green. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, said, who's your quarterback? I said no more New York Yets, and my quarterback this week is Sam Darnold of the New York Yets. <laughs> uh, going up against the Raiders. Uh, he's actually QB 13 on Fantasy Labs this week. Darnold threw for 293 yards and four touchdowns against that Washington team last week. That could maybe be a sign of things to come for this stretch against the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Dolphins these next three games, but uh, it probably isn't. Anyways, <laughs> Sam Darnold's my quarterback this week. <laughs> and Fantasy Labs likes him, so there you go. They like him this week for that's, DFS that's purposes. That's all really you need to know. Uh, I'm pulling a line from uh, one of my favorite sequels of all time, Fletch Lives, uh, as they're leaving the biker bar on the motorcycle and then Fletch turns around to face the uh, oncoming horde of cyclists and uh, the lovely damsel in distress on the back of the bike says, what are you doing? And he says, something at f- that at first might seem extremely stupid. I'm going into the teeth of the Chicago <laughs> Bears use that defense. line more than any other movie quote. Which I is, love that quote. It's a good quote. Dan- we're, we're both really selling our team so far here, too. <laughs> Danny Dimes, Danny Tencent coin, Danny Double Nichols, Daniel Jones against... Maj's Chicago Bears, who have actually been really, really good defensively. But so is Danny Jones offensively. Nine touchdowns in his last three games, two 300-yard games. I'm fighting the matchup and going with Danny Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. Well, that, that Bears defense gets its confidence way up during the week in practice going against Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the issue. They need to Look bring in a good scout team quarterback to, uh, to challenge him. Oh, man. Good stuff. Um, it's like that Paul Rudd meme where he's like, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> They're in practice. Look, look how great we are. <laughs> We're killing it on this yes, Wednesday. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, I've just got the one running back this week. I'm going Bo, Bo Scarborough at Washington. I actually almost considered taking his quarterback, too. I like Jeff Driscoll for 50-50 as well, but he didn't end up making a team this week. Um, I'll take him. Go on. There you go. Bo just switched <laughs> his quarterback just made a to Driscoll. <laughs> I was actually halfway through the day expecting you to come back with a couple of, I actually switched out this guy for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was under duress during our 50-50 draft. It's true. It, it is way. true. Um, but, yeah, going against Washington, 8,900. Fantasy Labs actually has uh, Scarborough as the – are running back 26 over at fantasy drafts. So not a super high rating, but that's notable just because he got 14 touches last week and none of them was a pass attempt. Like, or none of them was a catch. You didn't even see any pass attempts. That's still uh, the realm of Ty Johnson and uh, J.D. McKissick, who I still would posit is the best looking of the that trio. But anyway, um, it he is a least, handsome lad. Yes, that too. 
you know, he was activated. It was weird. You couldn't really see this coming. Activated Saturday, and then, you know, boom, 14 touches. But yeah. he at least sort of has that feature back look to him, build. You know, he's a bigger guy. He is. Um, they, they, you know, seem willing to let him run between the tackles. And uh, against Washington, who's allowing the eighth most fantasy points to running backs, that could lead to a handful of fantasy points. So, you know, in your half-point PPR, your PPR-type leagues, he's not quite as uh, promising of a prospect. But, you know, based just on, you know, getting potentially 15 touches alone, that's uh, that's better than a lot of backs can say these days. Bo? All right, part two of my immediate pre-regret here. Uh, I somehow wound up with three running backs on my squad this week. Because <laughs> there's so many in the free agent <laughs> so pool. So many great ones out there. Uh, Darius Geis will be going up against Bo Scarborough. Well, not like head-to-head, but their teams They're going to arm wrestle pregame. Right. Yeah, uh, as the Washington team takes on the Lions this week. Now, Geis had 69 nice yards from scrimmage nice. and a touchdown nice. in his 2019 debut against the Jets last week. Uh, Washington's offense is a dumpster fire, but the Lions have permitted the most fantasy points to running backs this season. This is not a DFS value value play per fantasy labs because his his cost spiked pretty high on fantasy draft this week, up to nine thousand nine hundred. But uh, for season long leagues with Darius Geis, go get him. He's still available in uh, over fifty percent of ESPN leagues. My other two running backs, Jonathan Williams, who we've already talked about a lot. Uh, he's available everywhere. Basically, Thursday night, if they say Jordan Wilkins is playing, as we've as we've kind of addressed already, probably go with Wilkins. If he's not, or if there's some sort of news comes out saying that he's only going to be used sparingly mm-hmm. or on a pitch count or emergency back or something like that, I think Williams makes a fine play here with Naheem Hines as uh, as the pass catcher there. And then uh, Kalen Ballage, uh, the Dolphins, not in town to play for the Dolphins because they're no. in Cleveland. Well, and he is also week. a Dolphin. Correct. I'm in town to play, play the Dolphins, anyway. you dumbass. Yeah. I, I just want, really want okay. to, to play that. He had a touchdown last week, but he also had nine yards. What's Brett Favre doing here? All right. Just had to get that one in, too, since <laughs> we were on the subject. Nine yards on nine <laughs> carries for for Kalen, which which isn't good. That works out to, uh, let me think. Do it. That's like less, less than two. All right. We'll get back to you. If you've <laughs> i got to take my shoe off to count. <laughs> Can't be worse than that this week against the uh, Miles Garrettless Cleveland Browns. That's one yard to carry. Hopefully. Oh, so that was fast. Those are my three running backs. I Oh, man. he Kalen Bellage just looks so, so, so bad. I had I, I who was it? I can't. One of our uh, listeners had asked me about Bellage. Don't or, have to worry or, about Mark Walton coming or, back. No, you yeah, don't. Or well, uh, Randall maybe Cobb. Maybe you do. <laughs> worry. Well, worry about him worry in general. In a yes. Sense, yeah. Yes. But uh, no, I felt bad because like I did not expect Dak to have to throw as much in that game, and like I loved the matchup for Cobb, and I'm like he just might not get enough work, and at least Bellage is going to get a bunch of work, and Cobb mm-hmm. freaking went off, but they. They actually, last week, the Dolphins, they being the Dolphins, they gave, they only gave one carry to him, but six targets to this Patrick Laird fella. And, yeah. And, uh, he I could mean, be the guy. Bellage just Maybe looks I, so can I bad. I trade for him too? You might, might as well pick All him right. up. All right. Um, that would put you over your limits. On six catches for 51 <laughs> yards. It, hey, it's worth noting, just, I, I might follow that during the week if they, like, are. <laughs> if they finally decide, you know what? Kalen Bellage looks like trash, kinda. So let's go ahead and try somebody else. All right, Tuvi. 
I'll go with my one running back, and we've talked a lot about this uh, situation already. I'm going with Naeem Hines. You know, Jonathan Williams got the carries last week. Hines got the touchdown against Jacksonville. But more importantly, he's got 11 targets and seven catches in the last two games. And the Houston Texans, who I believe the Colts are in town to play the Texans, uh, giving up an average of 7.8 running back receptions per game. Like, I don't think I have a thing for that. No, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to set you up for that, just riffing off that. Not a great value, $9,500, unless you learn that not only is uh, is Wilkins not going to play, but they're going to sit Jonathan Williams as well and give all the touches to Hines. I don't see it happening, but if you're in a PPR, even a half PPR league, uh, there's some opportunity with Naeem Hines. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Come and see how good I look. No reason. Just had to. <laughs> I appreciate that. Did you know Patrick Laird has two touchdowns this year for the Dolphins? I, I, I honestly, I'll be honest. I didn't know that. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. It's, it's very surprising to me as well. Uh, all right. Uh, wide receivers. We've got a handful of these guys. Uh, speaking of these fins, Devontae Parker, who I think has been on my team five straight weeks now for <laughs> you 50-50. Love him. And I'll tell you what, it's worked out just fine because he's been a top 32 wide receiver in seven straight weeks now in you know cracking wide receiver one territory even a couple of times and you know if you if he's still available in your league you can not not only could you have been playing him this whole time you can still get him now going against cleveland he gets the eagles and the jets the next couple of weeks too so this uh this run could very well continue for Devonte parker he's ten thousand nine hundred. At Fantasy Draft, that makes him wide receiver 33 according to cash game models over at Fantasy Labs. So that price is ticking up a little bit in DFS. But when we talked about him last week, I said, you know, this is a tough matchup going against Tredavious White. And he made it look easy. Like I said, that career high, 135 yards. Denzel Ward is good, but he's not Tredavious White good. So I am not scared of this matchup one bit. Um, you know, keep rolling Parker out there. He's getting 10 He's got 10 targets twice in his last four games and just continues to be uh, hes the, the apple of Ryan Fitzpatrick's eye, as it were. Ah, Corey Davis versus Jacksonville is going to be my next guy. He's actually Fantasy Lads wide receiver 10 because of that $8,500 price Toaster tag. territory right there. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville's mid-pack in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Corey Davis caught um, three of his four targets for 44 yards when these teams met in Jacksonville way back on September 19th. Uh, Davis has actually only seen less than five targets in a game once since that contest. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't have super high hopes, but I do think that he could, you know, he, you know, 50, 60 yards, maybe a touchdown. So uh, there's a little opportunity there. My next guy I think I like a little better, actually, even though Fantasy Labs likes him less based on his price. Kenny Stills going against Indy Thursday night, 9,500. Fantasy Labs has that at wide receiver 31. Now, I will note if Will Fuller is back, that takes some of the shine off of this pick. Um, Stills only had 27 yards last week, but he had a season-high seven targets against that tough Baltimore secondary, or as I have in my notes, blah secondary, because I can't type things. Uh, Stills lit up uh, Indy a month ago when they played in Indianapolis. He had four catches on five targets for a season-high 105 yards. Uh, I like the air yards he gets, so go on and get you some Kenny Stills if you need a dart throw. Bo? Uh, my wide receivers. Uh, my first guy, since I didn't want to leave Sam Darnold naked in my lineup. Why Whoa. would you? Yeah. And since uh, Maj took the tight end that I wanted to stack him with. And uh, since you couldn't take Jameson Crowder. And since I couldn't take Jameson Crowder, <laughs> who's owned in 70% of ESPN <laughs> leagues, but I tried to take him anyways. Uh, I went with Robbie Anderson. Your guy. You're a huge <laughs> Robbie Anderson guy. <laughs> 
he was so my guy earlier this year until he wasn't my guy anymore. And he's not Fantasy Labs guy either because he costs 11300 <laughs> on Fantasy Draft he's this week. He's nobody's guy. So they don't like him. He's nobody's guy, but he did catch a touchdown pass last week. So he does First have Darnold was seeing ghosts. Now we're seeing ghosts because Robbie Anderson <laughs> may not be real. Uh, so if you're into that extremely volatile sort of thing, go ahead and uh, take Robbie Anderson. My other guy is James Washington, who's not been great, but, but – He's got the bungles this week. He's got the bungles this week, and all the other Steelers wide receivers (laughs) have blood coming out of their ears or concussions or various maladies. The only Steelers receiver left. By process of elimination, (laughs) James Washington, who's available in 80% of ESPN leagues and can be yours for the low, low, well, maybe not a super low price, of $9,300 on Fantasy Draft. He's my guy. He's my second wide receiver. Awesome. I'm, I like that one a little bit more than Robbie Anderson. Yeah, well, you should. You're concussed. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm concussed enough to go with four wide receivers this week. Let's uh, Going with Bo's theory of uh, not wanting to see a grown man naked, I'm teaming up Darius Slayton with Daniel Jones. Do you like uh, again, gladiator movies? <laughs> you like when Spot rubs up against your leg. Do you have any of those drops there, Mike? <laughs> I, I wish I had. Woefully light on We used to have drops. more airplane drops, but because of the tech issues we've had. You picked uh, the wrong week away. to stop yeah. sniffing glue. We used to use that one and the wrong week to quit drinking and... Uh, amphetamines. We had amphetamines. <laughs> I could make drunk? a hat or a bro. <laughs> <laughs> we could do the whole movie right What now. do you make of this? <laughs> Darius Slayton, four touchdowns in his last three games, 14 targets last week against the Jets, stacking him with uh, my stack of 10-cent coins, Daniel Jones, even against the uh, the bad Bears defense, $10,900 on fantasy draft. Not a great price. And I'll pay even more, 11500 but I'll get Debo Samuel against the Debo. Green Bay Packers, who have allowed 100-yard receivers each of the last two weeks. And, hey, by coincidence, Debo Samuel's had a 100-yard game each of the last two weeks. 21 targets, 16 catches, 8 each game. Buck 12 and a buck 34. So uh, I'll, I'll spend the extra money, 11-5, to get Debo Samuel. Hunter Renfro was on my team last week, worked out okay. He's only $9,200, and he gets Bo's favorite team, the New York football Jets, nice. who have allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receiver. An average of 31 fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last five weeks. The average game over the last month for Hunter Renfro has been five catches for 62 yards, and he's got a couple touchdowns in those four games. So I like Renfro at 9,200. And then at a little bit of a discount, $8,800 for Danny Amendola against the Redskins the last two weeks. Similarly situated receivers, Jamison Crowder and Cole Beasley, running a lot of the same routes that I expect Danny Amendola to run, scored, both of them scored, found the end zone, and uh, Amendola, 37 targets the last five games, so he's getting opportunities. And he's down in uh, not quite toaster territory, but maybe blender territory, $8,800 for Danny Amendola. I'm impressed with how seamlessly you said... Uh, I can't even say it. Seamless, similarly, similarly situated. Similarly situated. That was excellent work. Seldom that, salubrious. Speaking of that, I should have given another beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my, my favorite tongue twister for my, my voiceover auditions and work that I do is which wristwatches are Swiss wristwatches. Oof. And it took me like a month to even be able to say that once. Wow. Now I can I say it several times try. in a row. Yeah, yeah especially you, not after the drinks. Did you pull out any of the, the uh, Anchorman? Yeah. I, when I would what forget I was what I was supposed to say, that's what I would do. was denied a yes. bank loan. How now, brown cow? 
Uh, tight ends. I've got two of them, actually. One's in the flex for me. Uh, working out. Ryan, that's right. Ryan Griffin <laughs> versus Oakland. 8,600 Fantasy Labs tight end 17 over on Fantasy Draft. Um, for Griffin, uh, last three games without Chris Hernan, he has four targets, eight targets, five targets. And this was after his two-touchdown performance in week eight. So he continues to be uh, sort of folded into the regular Jets He's offense. He's the there. guy that I wanted, so Darnold wouldn't be naked. Yeah, 24% of targets against the Raiders uh, this season have gone to tight ends, which is the fifth highest rate in the league. Raiders yep. are subsequently allowing the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So Ryan Griffin, it's funny. I like it. We mentioned him on last week's show. He wasn't actually a 50-50 tight end. We talked about how he turned out to be a, a, you know, a useful part of this offense, and you could you could yeah. pick him up and play him. I, I wish dropped, he would. Uh, I dropped Gasecki to pick him up in one of my leagues yeah. this week. Uh, and then we've got uh, Noah Fant at Buffalo, seven thousand. Uh, that makes him fantasy lab tight end thirteen over at fantasy draft. Fant actually leads the Broncos in targets with 24 since Emmanuel Sanders was traded. Yeah, he's gotten uh, a lot of looks. Yeah, Sutton has 22, so a couple behind. He's had a minimum heaving Fant, a minimum of 22% target share in those three games. The The bad news here is they're going against the Bills, allowing the second-fewest fantasy points to tight ends this year. Dallas Goddard is the only one to reach double digits against the Bills all year and also the only one to score a touchdown. So uh, you're, it's a volume play here, and you're hoping maybe he breaks free for something, but uh, – it's definitely uh, a high-risk play with Noah Fan, But, hey, it's the tight end position. They're well, all high-risk Speaking plays. of Dallas Goddard, he's my guy. Yeah, nice He's my guy. I, I like, I like Dallas. I'm a Dallas Goddard guy. If he, only he played on the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he doesn't. Then I wouldn't pick Ryan Griffin. <laughs> uh, he, he does play for the Eagles, and he's still available in over 70% of fantasy leagues, and he's still on the field a lot in their two tight end sets. He's getting about five targets per game. He's scored a touchdown in three of his last four games. And the Seahawks team that he faces at home this week are a bottom 10 defense against tight ends and rank 28th against the pass. I like Dallas Goddard a lot. Uh, DFS purposes, yeah. uh, season-long league purposes, I'm using Goddard this week. And 50-50 purposes. Yeah. I'm going to stay in that same game. How quickly you guys forget. Wasn't it just uh, a couple weeks ago that Maj was going on and on about, oh, I should have had Jacob Hollister in my lineup. Jacob, yeah. And uh, he takes a week off with the bye. People forget he had 16 targets in two games before the He was the dropped bye. in a lot of leagues. 12 catches, 99 yards, three touchdowns, and he's available in more than yeah. 50% of ESPN leagues. He gets the Eagles, who have only given up seven or more targets to two tight ends this year and Hollister we've already established is averaging eight over the last mm. couple weeks that's more than seven both tight ends who saw seven or more targets found the end zone and we're not talking hall of fame guys Vernon Davis Jimmy Graham so I think Jacob Hollister at $7,300 you get the blender you get the toaster and you're what gonna else? get I like almost 70 yards and a touchdown all right your supply of turtle wax almost 70 Kicker and defense for me. I've got them both. Browns defense, special teams going against Miami, 6,600 for the Browns. That makes them Fantasy Labs defense special team number three value in their cash game models. Like I noted, they will not have Miles Garrett, obviously. Saw this note from Rich Rebar today. Every defense special team to face Miami has been top 12 in that week, though only twice have they been in top five. Worth noting, the Browns had gone five straight games without an interception before four <laughs> against Mason Rudolph. 
Uh, you know, so and that was before he got hit in the head with a helmet. It was <laughs> all of them. Um, yeah, so this is—I mean—it's a play against Miami, and then uh, you're probably one and done with these Browns. But we'll see. Maybe they maybe they rally around the the loss of Miles Garrett. I don't know. Meanwhile, because I apparently love Browns this week, Austin Siebert going against Miami. He's the Browns kicker. Cleveland tied with the Saints for the highest Vegas implied team total, and they're at home. And Will Lutz is more than 50% owned. Uh, he did miss two on a fight night last Thursday, but has multiple attempts in four straight. And Miami seeded double-digit kicker points in four of their last five. Well, are there any right. famous boxers from Pittsburgh that they could bring out? Would those teams play, what, next week, the week after? Uh, yeah, it's one of those For the two. coin flip, famous. It's a good idea. Yeah. Let's look at I, mean, I think that, that. Promote no. the heck out of the, the fighting angle. That's what the NFL should do. Uh, these are my two favorite picks on my 50-50 team <laughs> this week, my defense and my kicker. Defense is the mighty, suddenly amazing Doomsday Falcons defense that we've already talked about a lot here going up against the Buccaneers. As we pointed out, 11 sacks the last two weeks, four interceptions last week. And, I don't know, Jameis Winston, he once in a while throws an interception, turns the ball over, gets sacks, stuff like that. So Nobody has I, turned the ball over more <laughs> since he entered the league, and it's not even close. Not even close. I, I love the Falcons' defense this week. 90 per, 98% unowned in the ESPN leagues right now. Stream them. Uh, and then my kicker, Young Hoku, taking him again, took him last week. We now both is, did the kicker defense stack. Yes, oh, nice we job. did. Uh, Koo has seven field goals, four extra points in his two games with the Dirty Birds. Back indoors, at home, in the comfy climate of uh, in Atlanta this week. Going up against Tampa Bay that has allowed the most points to kickers this season. Young Hoku. Number one, yes. number one on the list of Pittsburgh's five greatest boxers is a, is a gentleman named Bob the Grinder Baker. Of course. Done. <laughs> that's, that's the guy. He's Done. doing the coin flip. <laughs> is he still with us? Uh, that, that I don't know. We've got Michael Moore on that list, Billy Kahn, Paul Spadafora, and Harry Greb. That was a list from 2015. There's no Sugar Ray Leonard in there as far as I can tell. No, I, I'm not a huge boxing guy, but I have not heard of uh, – of an, oh, gosh. Sweet science. The grinder uh, was knocked out <laughs> once in his career by Archie Moore in 1954. So oh, I'm I've guessing he might not be he, with he, us. Yeah, he might not. <laughs> and if he is, he might not be right, then we great gotta, at coin flipping. <laughs> we we got to dig in the Penguins then and find some of the best enforcers in Penguins history. Uh, for, for my kicker, I'm chasing the points. Literally. Chase McLaughlin is my oh, kicker against the Packers. Yeah, huh? Who have allowed – when they're – Invited to leave Lambeau because the league would rather have them play 16 <laughs> games at Lambeau. But you know, for just the, what, yeah. fifth time this year, they're going to have to venture outside of Wisconsin. They've allowed 24, 24, and 26 points their last three on the road. The uh, 49er kickers are averaging more than eight fantasy points per game. So Chase McLaughlin is my cheap $8, 8-point-plus uh, kicker. And my defense, we're going with those mighty Detroit Lions. We've talked both. I think both of you guys mentioned how. I love the Lions this week. Your defense has fared against Washington, who hasn't scored more than 17 points since week two. (laughs) Yeah, that's not. They were my second choice after the mighty Falcons. Yeah, that's that's horrible. They've also given up four or more sacks each of the last three games. So. I'm going with the uh, the Motown Growlers, the Motor City Kitties. All right, guy. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> I agree, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, we did it. 
In a tidy uh, – oh, it wasn't tidy. Um, <laughs> it never is. It's it never tidy. It's always messy. Or whitey, it's just uh... – <laughs> Well, a lot of good information in there. So we hope that uh, you're able to, to take something from, from uh, the several minutes of show we did today, <laughs> win some leagues, win some DFS money. Come out and join us here Wednesday nights, Burnsville, Minnesota, at JL wow. Beers. Next Wednesday, PM. Yeah. Thanksgiving oh, Eve, the, the big turkey hole. The big turkey hole episode. Yeah. Here. We'll, we'll have cranberry, we'll have jello, we'll have... I don't think we're going to have any of those well, things. No. Yeah, I think you're lying again. <laughs> I think you can order stuff from JL Beers, If you bring it, we, we'll have That's jello true. and cranberry. We'll call it a potluck. Think, we just yeah. don't bring anything. <laughs> the, the fantasy football Is JL Beers okay with podcast. that if we bring our own... Pot the podcast dinner. potluck. They're ignoring Come us at the in. bar, so I don't know if they're okay with that or not. Oh, wait. We better stop because I think that's one thing that can They're about to here. pull the plug, I think. <laughs> uh, and also make sure you're using that code 10OFF over at FantasyLabs.com for $10 off a trial membership there. And, of course, FF Party over at FantasyDraft.com for seven days of rake-free for free DFS. So, for Bo Mitchell, John Tuvey, I'm Anthony Maggio. Thank you very much again for joining us. Best of luck here in Week 12. We will catch you in Week 13.